The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you. So today, as I mentioned last week, we start to bring the story to a close. But don't go away thinking, Oh, I know how this ended. I don't need to hear any more. Because you're wrong. The one thing I can guarantee is that the writer has been hiding something, and he can't wait too well. <laughs> Let it slip out. And no, I'm not talking about his tentacle. <laughs> Which reminds me to let you know that this podcast may contain images of graphic violence, child endangerment, and of course, that naughty, salty language. Ah. Now, light some candles and grab some popcorn, as well as that aforementioned tentacle. For it is Tentacle Tuesday, and we are about to start Chapter 19. Meetings, greetings, and conclusions. Chief Reynolds took the men back into Montgomery. They pulled up in front of the police station where the gas lights were still burning brightly. With all of them being exhausted, they decided it was best to meet at McCluskey's instead of the police station the next evening. That works for me, Dr. Giles agreed. Mr. Mayor? Yeah, yeah, I can make that work. Although, we're going to need to make a serious explanation for the former winter residents, he added. Yes, that will be troubling, the chief admitted. I'll think of something. Then turning to Jonah, Mr. Hollander, will you be joining us? He asked. Yes, and I also need to speak with Warren before I go. Fine, I'll reach out to him and see if he can join us, the chief said. They watched as the doctor and the mayor headed off. The chief paused before starting his way up the station steps. You know, you're headed into a hornet's nest of questions, chief, Jonah said. I know, but I can push them off for the night. It's late, and they'll see how tired I am, he replied. Plus, it's still the overnight shift, so there's only a skeleton crew. Okay, well, peace be with you, Jonah stated. Once more, he thought about how the chief would be an excellent member of the Sacred Dawn. He would make that offer tomorrow, but for now... With all of us, I hope. Anyway, tomorrow night at McCluskey's it is. The chief called back to Jonah and slipped behind the large wooden doors. Jonah, knowing he was being watched, turned away and headed down a poorly lit alleyway, where a woman dressed in black waited for him. You took a huge risk confronting your sister like that, he commented. He was fully aware of Maggie's confrontation. Would you prefer it if I had let that woman die? She said coldly. No, and I'm grateful you were able to save her. Then, out of curiosity, how did you manage to make that phone call? What phone call? She said, eyes narrowing at the strange question. You didn't call Warren from the Stevens house? Jonas said in complete surprise. No, and I wasn't permitted to approach either. Your little friend Sam was standing guard. Sam? Does that mean our friend in the garden? Jonas said in utter amazement. She was known for her perpetual stagnation. I can only imagine it was her. She had made it clear that she was going to get involved, but to what extent I don't know. And I wasn't to overstep my bounds. Jonah could see a hint of frustration in her face. Yet, you did prove your value, Maggie. They'll take notice and give you a longer leash. How nice, she snarled. 
I'm not a pet crow, you know. No, you're not. I can't begin to tell you how much what you're doing means to me. And remember, even Mr. Alistair still experiences a certain level of restraint, Jonah reminded her. I'll make a note, she said. How much longer do you plan on staying here anyway? A few more days. First, I must try to help to protect those men. As you know, Cassandra is not very forgiving. Nor will she forget. No, and her scent is still lingering, Maggie added in disgust. She's up to something here, but I can't tell what. I've noticed, Jenna said. Unfortunately, I need to get back to my search. Yes, for the mysterious girl Arista. I don't know why you insist on searching. Let her come to you. Because when I hesitate, you can see the damage that can occur. Which reminds me, I need to let Terrence know that the gate here is malfunctioning. I don't believe we'll be able to use it again, unless we absolutely have to. I'll let him know to expect you, she said, and he watched as she wrapped herself in her dress and returned to her form as a crow, giving him the stink eye, but she was still annoyed as she flew off. <coughs> now he mumbled to himself, do I go back to the cottage or find some place else to stay? The bar would be closed and the cottage was too far to travel. He remembered seeing an Econo Lodge a few blocks from here. That should do for the night. It would give him a chance to sleep, shower, and meditate. His cloak and outfit needed a good wash, too. Maybe he could pay a little extra to have that done. Although that would mean spending a little money on some more culturally appropriate clothes. He turned and got underway. Meanwhile, the chief reached out to Warren. I understand, chief. I'll be there, Warren said as he hung up his cell. He wasn't thrilled about leaving Karen and Jack, but the chief indicated that it would be imperative that they meet at McCluskey's, so he knew it was too important to pass up. He arrived early, around 3 p.m. He wanted to get in before the dinner rush. That way he could have a few minutes alone with Jonah. The man had asked if they could go over a few things privately. To his surprise, Jonah was already there, although Warren nearly burst out in laughter when he saw him. He was wearing slacks, a dress shirt, and a long jacket. Going civilian? He chided the mystic. No, I figured it was best to avoid being seen in my usual outfit. Plus, it needed a good cleaning. Warren leaned forward and pulled the tag off the jacket. Forget something? Slightly embarrassed, Jonas shrugged his shoulders. I bought everything this morning. I must have missed the tag. Then he added, It's been a few years since I dressed like this. The gloves are a nice touch, Warren added. A bandaged arm would only draw more eyes to me. It's best that I'm forgotten. Even by me, Warren wondered if the man was going to disappear back into the world where good and evil were constantly at odds with each other. No, although I'm leaving soon. Then, almost uncomfortably, he asked, I know you've been avoiding your grandfather's place, but please. Warren stopped him. You don't need to ask. I've already started looking into having someone repair the cemetery, and after that, I'll be the part-time caretaker. Relieved, Jonah smiled and then asked, Have you recalled anything else about the day Eglantros chased you? No, I think I may, as you say, I may never remember it. They moved down the hall to the private chamber. As they did so, a short, stout man approached from behind. How long have you two mooks been waiting here? It was the mayor. Long enough to have a couple drinks without you, Warren replied, and pulled his trench coat aside, digging out several cigars. 
You better have one of those for me, Dr. Giles leaned over. One for each of us, Warren replied. Even one for you, Jonah. Thanks, but no. That's something I can't do. The chief snatched it. Your loss is my gain. They ordered another round of drinks, and with the exception of Jonah, they lit up. To my son, Jack, they all toasted, although Jonah had water. As long as I carry the remnants of a demon inside me, he said, it's better that I avoid anything that can lessen my focus. So, what is it you wanted to discuss with us? The chief inquired. While Ecalantros is gone and the house is sealed, you and this town are not out of danger. Cassandra is still lingering here. I don't know where she is or what she's up to. Is there anything we can do? Yes. Start by sealing this case. Don't talk to anyone about it. Live as ordinary as a life as you can. Why? They know you know about them. They hate that anyone is aware of them. They will watch you. Eliminate the threat if necessary. He then handed them each a business card. This is my contact number, Jonas said. Keep it on you and get rid of your smartphones if you have one. Those are much more than a source of communication for them. As he spoke, a knock came at the door. Jonah hid himself in the shadows as a young officer approached the chief, who nodded and thanked him. What was that all about? the mayor asked. Our cover story, he replied. It seems that some children broke into the winter residence last night and burned the place to the ground. The fire department is doing their best to control the blaze. But the winter residence, Dr. Giles began. Chief Reynolds shot him a look. Oh, right. Kids. <laughs> I wish they'd stay out of abandoned homes. Precisely, the mayor added. And I will be announcing the establishment of a new park at that site at a press briefing later on in the week. I figure a place where children can go and play and have fun will help override the evil that was once done there. You're learning, Mr. Mayor, Jonah laughed. So, with that, if anyone doesn't have an objection, I want to file this under the name of Ben Cullen. To be precise, the Cullen Files. It's my way of honoring the man who deserved a better fate. No objection here. None here. Sounds good to me, the other stated. Then with this, the Cullen Files are hereby named and sealed. Now what? Another round? Sounds good to me. Jonah began to excuse himself. Gentlemen. Oh, Chief. Yes, Mr. Hollander. Jonah, please. I think it's safe to consider you men my friends. Yes, Jonah. If you're ever interested in pursuing these monsters on a more regular basis, the Sacred Dawn could really use someone with your background and insights. No offense, Jonah. I think I'll stick to chasing criminals and protecting Montgomery, he replied. Shame. Warren, don't lose that card. There will definitely be a day when you will need me again. It may take me a few days to respond, but it will come to your aid. Thanks. I'll make sure I keep it safe. With that, Jonah headed out. From here, he head first to the cottage, then he was off to see Terrence. As for us, we'll return to that later. For now, we move six months into the future. Dr. Reincliffe helped Karen into a wheelchair, and they made their way out into a small garden. She was still recovering from her injuries and hadn't been able to go home yet. Warren had taken a leave of absence from the Montgomery Police Department in order to help with her physical therapy and take care of Jack. He was already waiting for her on a stone bench near a fountain. Jack was bundled in a blanket, sleeping quietly in his arms. Warren looked up at the sound of the glass door opening 
into the enclave and immediately smiled upon seeing Karen. Hey, Warren said, turning so that he could hand Karen Jack for a spell. Hi, she replied as she graciously took Jack and pressed him to her chest. You're looking good today, Warren noted. You seem to have a lot more of your natural color. Yes, and I was able to get out of bed on my own this morning, and it seems the doctor here is getting sick of me and says I should be able to come home next week. She nudged the doctor with her elbow, and he smiled. Yes, yes, but it's not because I've grown tired of you, he replied. Now, the doctor said in a more serious tone, I've arranged a visiting nurse to continue to help you with PT and Jack as Warren returns to work. I will also have a counselor available if you need to talk about your injuries. Thanks, doctor, Warren said. Karen teared up a little bit. I'm still trying to get my head around it. In some ways, I feel like I've lost my womanhood, not being able to have another child. And thus why I highly recommend the counseling program, the doctor pressed. I know, I know, and I thank you. I'm just not ready. That's fine, Karen, the doctor added, then turning to Warren. You must be raring to get back to work, Warren smiled. Yes and no. I've enjoyed playing dad these last few months, but I definitely won't miss 24-hour-a-day diaper duty. I hear they're building a park where the old winter residence stood. Yes, Warren replied. That reminds me, Karen. Are you planning on going back to work at Blue Bluff Realty? Yes, she replied. Angel said I could bring Jack with me to the office and on calls. Fantastic, he replied. I suspect in about another month you should be able to do that. Sad. Karen can no longer have any more children. That means if something happens to, well, either Jack or Warren, the Stevens bloodline will come to an end. And while Maggie feels a little bitter and Jonah grateful, we still have some big unknowns. The wild card, so to speak. And look at that. Chapter 20 is called just that. Wild cards. Tune in next Tentacle Tuesday to see exactly what those may be. Toodles! <laughs>